Welcome back to your safe space, The Beauty and Being Real. Hi everyone, welcome back to The Beauty and Being Real. In today's episode we will be discussing disordered eating, eating disorders and body image in general and in performing arts. So if this is something that you struggle with, this might not be the best episode for you to listen to. I know I would used to listen to stuff like this and watch stuff like this even if they had a trigger so I know it might not stop some people but I think it's important to take care of yourself and I really hope it's a really brave thing to do to even accept that you are struggling so then to be able to take steps to help yourself is massive so if this episode isn't right for you please do not listen um so yeah there is the trigger warning that is what we will be talking about today like I said if it's not for you that's okay and yeah I'm gonna be talking carefully about this topic because it's a topic that I'm still sort of discovering and I'm in therapy right now and stuff like that so it's really fine line between being able to share your experience and not triggering others and teaching them how to have an eating disorder so without further ado let's get into it to just start by sharing some quotes that I found so some of them are a bit sad but I felt like it spoke to me so I still wanted to say them do you ever look at a picture of yourself as a child and feel and feel emotional like wow that poor baby had no idea what's to come in life there is nothing prettier in the whole wild world than a person in love with every breath they take you look beautiful and you can put it like on your mirror as like little affirmations. That's something that I personally haven't done, but I know it has helped a lot of people. So like affirmations, saying them to yourself in the mirror or writing down little quotes and putting them on the mirror. I will be getting into sort of stuff we can do and steps we can do to help each other and help ourselves. But that's a bit later on. I need thinnest legs, a flatter stomach, longer hair, whiter teeth, softer skin, a prettier face, more friends. And then that is all crossed out. And it says, a change in perspective and higher self-esteem. Your comfort zone will kill you. Healing is hard. Their vibe is beautiful. The desire to be sicker, to prove that you are sick, itself is an indication of sickness. A well person doesn't desire to be sick. That hit, when I first read that, that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, oh, okay. Ah. Oh, I had to like take a minute. And I was like, wow. I didn't know words could be so powerful until it describes how you're feeling perfectly. Or it calls you out like that quote did with me. And then you realise, and it makes you realise a lot of stuff. Your diet is not only what you eat, it's what you watch, listen to, read the people around you. Be aware of what you consume physically, spiritually and emotionally. And leading on from the quotes, I would like to sort of share some stuff that I've... I've done like some research like I do for the episodes, but also from my own experience, what sort of helped me. So unfollow people on social media that negatively impact you. I think it's so important to do this. I know quite recently, not quite recently actually, a while now, Instagram has had it where you can turn off certain subjects I believe or it could just be weight loss products but I feel like 
if this is something you're struggling with, body image, eating, stuff like that, or it's just something you don't want to see, I recommend turning that off. I've turned mine off. I used to do a lot of, like, pro-Anna, pro-everything like that, and it would be all over my social media. So now sometimes when I go on, like, an old account or something, like, I recently just did up one of my Instagram accounts that I had when I was really struggling, and it had all sort of that stuff on it, so I sort of went through it, got rid of it all, because I feel... It's a really heavy balance between wanting to be sick to prove that you're sick, in which it's in itself is showing that you're sick. No person who is okay wants to be sick. And I remember when I first read that quote, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I just stopped for a while and I listened to what my body needed because it made me quite emotional. And I allowed myself to feel that emotion because I feel like it is really important. So yeah, I unfollowed people on social media, I uninstalled apps, I found that I was only using Tumblr and Reddit for stuff like that, so got rid of them. I was also in group chats with people where it would be like pro-weight loss and everything like that, and so I left all of them. I unadded everyone, because it just wasn't right for me. So I know there's a lot of like mean spo, sweet spo, bullying spo, everything like that. And for those of you who don't know what it is, so mean spo is like mean word inspo like to inspire you to lose weight so it's basically insulting you and stuff like that that's what that sort of stuff is and that's a lot of what my Instagram was so going through all that really helped me just to clear it because I wasn't seeing it every day so I wasn't sort of don't know if triggered's the right word but I wasn't seeing it and being like oh my god yeah you're so right I need to lose weight and all this stuff like that so I feel like that is very important you can also do like a detox. So I don't mean a physical detox. There is benefits to physical de- detoxes, but it's personally not something that I have tried. It's something I'm willing to try in the future, but I just haven't personally tried it right now, so I don't want to recommend it to you guys because I wouldn't know what to suggest. But you can detox your phone because I feel like, me personally, I spend a lot of time on my phone. Obviously, when I'm at work, I use my phone during my breaks, stuff like that. I'm on my phone right now recording an episode so I feel like it's really important that we only have important, positive stuff on our phones. Even if we want to have negative stuff and pro stuff, I feel like the only way we can get better is if we're not constantly surrounded it. We're taking ourselves out of the situation and environment. So going through anything like that, deleting apps that sort of track your weight, calories, stuff like that. I think there's still a few I need to go through on my phone, so I'm planning to do that after this. So I was going through my phone the other day and I was like, I did not know I had half these apps still. So I know it's time to sort of get rid of those. Um, you can also detox the space around you. So donating clothes you don't wear or selling stuff or giving it away or just getting rid of clothes, shoes, sort of anything that you're not going to use. Or if you want to keep it, but you're not going to use it, putting it in boxes and so it's somewhere secure, but it's not like cluttered I found that when I was really struggling like decluttering really helps because it's sort of clearing your space it's changing your environment for the better also make sure you check like your makeup and your skincare for like expired products and stuff like that I feel like it's a really difficult topic to talk about like obviously it's a hard experience but I find it's difficult because I feel like I need to prove that I was actually sick because obviously physically now you cannot tell that I was sick and that I can sometimes still struggle with it, especially when I'm stressed. I can't eat or, like, at work sometimes I struggle to eat, stuff like that. I feel like I have to prove myself that I was sick. And that's why it's sort of difficult to do this episode, because 
I again I've got a list here of the things I used to do because I want to educate people on what to look out for and like how you can support someone through seeing these signs without teaching someone how to do it I know there was an episode of Skins where Cassie taught people how not to eat and people I'm sure they meant to like raise awareness but people took that as oh fabulous so now I know what to do I can just get away with not eating so it's a real fine line of educating people and triggering people and teaching them what to do because it's a very competitive illness to have there is no such thing as skinny enough or anything like that and some people who have eating disorders aren't underweight they aren't anything like that like for a while I wasn't and I remember when I was like first sort of like healing myself because I wasn't offered help until like five years later it was quite recently I got offered help but I've I am going to get some help after get some help after this course of therapy but um because I'm struggling with like textures and stuff of food like that but like I said it's a very fine line I remember when I was recovering I would be like oh yeah this is what I used to look like this is when I was struggling and it would be photos of me when I was struggling I feel like that probably wasn't the right thing for me to do because I still was trying to justify that I was sick and I was poorly and that it was actually worth my suffering meant something like I was worthy of being recovered so yeah it is just a really tough time and I want to be like this is I feel like EDs are very glamorized in shows like for example Cassie like people looked up to her because she was like beautiful and she was like but you could see how much she was struggling I feel like I watched that show too young but you could see how much she was struggling that people would be like oh she's beautiful and her personality is so funny I'm gonna be just like her and everything like that I'm just using this as an example because it's the first one that comes to my mind to the bone I feel like that was a good representation because there was a scene where Elle's mum oh no sorry Eli's mum was like holding her and feeling like feeding her milk like she was a child and like it was a breakdown of like raw emotion and like the actual struggle and that scene really spoke to me personally I feel like that was quite represented um sorry quite well represented I mean but then you had the other side of it where she was falling in love with someone who was like recovering and was doing really well and you could see the difference between that and the problems that it caused within their relationship but EDs are not beautiful. They are a horrible thing to have. I was always cold and shaking. I was anemic because I wasn't fueling my body enough. I remember at school, I'd have to wear like four different people's jumpers because I was just so cold. So I'd sit like in maths class with everyone who was like on my table. They would give me their jackets to put over me. So I was just constantly like shaking. I couldn't dance. I seen people like, see what I was doing and notice what I was doing and start to copy it. So then they were developing eating disorder as well because they could see that I was doing it and then joining in with that. And then my I'd be like, well, now I've got to do it more because it's a competition. I've got to be as good as I've got to be the prettiest. And I just remember it got to the point where I was like Googling calories of like medicine. It's like I literally use this like to keep me alive when I'm poorly and I'm so concerned about a number as if that's going to do anything to help save my life. And it's just... It's difficult to talk about it without teaching people what to do. And one thing I have noticed, when I was in therapy, um, when 
I first got diagnosed and they were like, okay, there's something up. I was like 13 hours in therapy and I remember my therapist at the time said, would you starve a five-year-old version of you? And I was like, yeah, because she's me. Like, who cares? If it was another child, no, but it's me, so who cares? And she said that was the first time she's ever had someone respond like that. And then now I can get quite excited to eat. Like, some days I still hate it, I don't want to do it because I'm stressed or I'm upset or whatever. But most of the time I'm excited to eat and I'm excited to go out with friends. So that's a really big step for me from going like, oh yeah, I'd have a five-year-old version of me because it's me, you know, who actually cares what happens to her. To actually being like, okay, I'm going to eat something and then I can go out, do rehearsals, do dance and everything like that. These quotes that sort of start to me is, eating to support your natural body size is where a healthy relationship with food flourishes. And this one, I saw it in recovery and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Oh my God, if you are not recovering, you are dying. And I was like, oh my God. Because I've seen it referenced in shows like Red Band Society where it's like a passive, slow form of suicide. And you see it in people like Eugenia Cooney and stuff like that. And that just hit me like an absolute brick. I I had to like take a step back when I first read it. It's sort of, it's a way of self-harming. It's a way to have control over something. It's a way of hurting yourself, punishing yourself, whatever the reason is you do it for. There's a lot of reasons that people do it for, whether that's they don't like how they look, they're influenced by someone or something, bullying, it's just a way of control. There's too many things going on in their life. I did an episode with AJ and he was like, it can be genetic, like it could, it's like you said, with mental illness, you have this line that's like a threshold and depending on like your family's heritage, if it runs in the family, your threshold like depends on that and then external factors can push you over the edge. Um, I highly recommend that episode, it was very, AJ explained it a lot more scientific and proper than I did rather than just there's a line, but I would definitely have a look at that. But for me, I think it comes from, so I was homeschooled for a while because I was really badly bullied. A lot of people went on about my weight when I was younger. It links to issues in schools, the episode I did when I had to use my weight and like measurements for calculations. And I was always compared to my best friend at the time growing up, like from my friends, my teachers. I'm not sure if I mentioned it in my, like, yeah, people would be like, oh, she's so much prettier than you. She's so much skinnier than you. And obviously as a child, I was impressionable. So obviously I took that to heart. And also, I was just quite poorly with, like, <laughs> like problems with my throat and my glands growing up, so I never really could eat properly at first anyway until I had, like, my tonsils out. So I think that was a big change from being, like, really, really skinny and underweight to then actually being able to properly eat. I think it was a lot. Even though I was, like, only five when I had out, it was still a lot to then get back into, like, a normal eating habit for then people to see that change. Also, I'm going into therapy to look at sort of texture of food because... With my, I believe it's my OCD that probably causes this, but there could be something underlying going on. So, Cortano's anorexia and bulimia, but wasn't offered help until, like I said, five years later. But, so, I think it was last summer. It was either, no, it was either last Christmas, around that sort of time, like, late last year, early this year, that I got offered help. And I was like, no, I'd rather give it to someone who actually, like, needs it more than me. But I think I might need a little bit of support because can't have liquids and solids touching I can't have hot and cold touching so I have to have it like all separate so it's just quite difficult I still have like I don't want to say safe foods because it's not like I'm worried about the curries and stuff in it but it's safe foods with the textures and stuff like that and yeah 
So that is something I want to sort of get some help for because it's a pain in the ass whenever people are cooking for me or lunch. There's only about, like, three different things I could have. And so it is important for me, especially if I do go to college next year, which I swear to God I bet go. It is something that I need to work on because I need to be able to eat more than three meals. And also I need to get better at eating because, like, properly, like, four meals a day because sometimes I just want to eat breakfast, sometimes just when I eat lunch and then sometimes I just cannot eat or I eat really small amounts because I'm stressed like when I couldn't go to college I couldn't eat for like the first week properly so it is something that I need to look on even if you don't think someone is struggling with their eating it does not mean that they are not so I want to talk about the concept of getting help and getting better I still find that I find a lot of comfort in my mental illness as it's all I've known since I was quite young that's not just eating, that's just in general. I find comfort in being sick because what am I without my illness? And then, like I said, it's really difficult to talk about stuff because you don't want, you want to teach people what to look out for and how to support people, but you don't want to sh- tell people what to do. One thing that I had a lot was like comfort shows, like to the bone, um, Red Band Society, stuff like that. I used to really like. I used to connect with a lot because obviously it had characters who had eating disorders and they were like my comfort shows that I'd watch when I was like struggling or something like that. But what does this say? Meth bottle sauce. Milk bottle scene. Oh, milk bottle scene. Oh, I spoke about that. Meth. <laughs> Meth bottle sauce. Good. But yeah, I read this quote and it's there is nothing beautiful about an empty soul. And that sort of broke me because it's not just your body that changes. You lose so much. It's not just weight that you lose you lose your hair the strength in your nails you lose the color in your skin you lose your happiness because you're just constantly stressed you're constantly tired you're constantly poorly you're constantly sick it's horrible but I find comfort in it because I don't know what specifically it is that makes me like find comfort in it but it's it's there and it's horrible And another quote is, encourage people to be radical and love their bodies. I know it's difficult to support someone with an eating disorder because there's nothing you can do. You cannot force them to eat. And if you do, it probably won't work out for the best. But you can offer them professional help. You can give them numbers. You can do stuff like that to support them. You can eat with them. One thing that I used to do is I'd never want to eat more than my friends. So I'd order the exact same food as them. Obviously, it doesn't work like that anymore really because I'm vegetarian but something as similar as I can and then I'd make sure I'd always eat less than them even if I was still hungry like that's what I would do so maybe just taking it slow eating with your friends like talking them throughout trying to distract them stuff like that um into the bone the sister would ask how many calories was in like each of the person who was struggling's food and be like oh my god yes you got it you're so good at this so try not promote it with stuff like that I would say personally, but that is just my, like, personal opinion. It sort of links in to when I used to, like, hurt myself. Like, don't want the scars to fade so I can prove to others that I'm struggling or I've been struggling or I have struggled in the past because I was, I think that they won't believe me because my word wouldn't be enough. I need physical proof. So I've been made to feel like I need proof of things. Otherwise, I'm just a liar. And there's always this competition on who is more sick, who can... Who can be hospitalised for their cuts? Who can cut deeper? Who can cut the most? And it's this whole competition. Mental illness is so competitive, especially eating disorders. And you feel the need to prove, like, 
you were sick by posting like your lowest weight stuff like that like what you were and I see people who are like pro recovery still posting like photos of what they used to look like and it gets taken it's put into thin exposed stuff like that to encourage I was like this is how you should look or they're fat shamed for how they look now because they're recovered and they're a healthy weight and the Anna community the pro Anna community doesn't like that I've seen it with Jessie Page for example when she's in recovered from an eating disorder she does post photos of herself during her eating disorder because she she did post it while she was suffering with it so it's always been out there but now she shows herself how she is now and how she's I don't want to say recovered because obviously I don't know if she is or not it's not I don't know her personally it's not my place to say but better I'd like to think I don't know if it could she I don't think it ever goes away. I think you always have the thoughts. As soon as something goes wrong, I'm like, oh, it's because I've gained weight. It's because I'm not skinny like I was. But then even when I was skinny, I didn't think I was skinny. I still thought I had this this, this morphed, like, version of my body. And to how it looked to everyone else is not even remotely close as to how it looked to me. And now looking back at the photos, now that I am, like, a heavier weight, like a normal, healthy weight, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I didn't even realise how scarily, like skinny I was and how poorly I was but it was never enough eating disorders are greedy and they won't stop until they've taken everything from you websites and numbers available online if you just type in ed support i know one of the charities is called like beat support or something like that um i personally when i went to therapy for my mental health my mum was like she doesn't eat breakfast or lunch she just eats dinner but obviously i didn't know anything else that i was doing so then that's when the whole comment of like would you starve a five-year-old version of yourself come up and everything like that and that's when i got referred just to get a little bit of support but obviously unfortunately the waiting list is is long and it's really sad because it shows how many people are struggling and it shows how many people are still struggling without getting support and it is really heartbreaking but I think there is a lot of stuff online I've never actively wanted to recover I just sort of got better over time and now I'm learning like I'm still I'm still growing and evolving I'm still focusing on myself but I know there is a lot of websites and stuff like that and if you just type in eating disorder support or something like that I know it can be scary talking about it so if there's someone you trust like a friend family member teacher at school something like that I told the first person I told about my self-harm and my depression was my music teacher at school and he was then able to get me some help especially where I was quite young I think I was 13 um I was 12 or 13 when I first started like really getting bad and then where I was so young I didn't actually have to get the help personally myself it was sort of I spoke to someone and they were able to get the help for me so if you know someone who would be willing to help you find the support that you need I think it would be really good to speak to them especially when you're so young it can be really really daunting to get some help it's daunting at any age but I remember being absolutely petrified whereas now I actively went into therapy 
at this point because I identified that I needed help and I wasn't afraid to ask for it. Whereas if this was me a few years ago, I never would have even thought about it. So Lucinda has asked how to voice your concerns about someone. I feel like there's a lot of ways you can do this. It depends on the type of person. I don't know if I handled it correctly in the past, being like, look, it, it, I wasn't the first person to bring it up, it had been brought up a lot of times, and I was like, it's okay that you are struggling, it's not your fault, we are just worried about you, because we, we can tell what you're doing to yourself. But trying to sort of let them know it's not their fault and that it's okay. And even if they just need to vent to you, just listening, just hugging them if they like hugs, stuff like that. Just being there for them is the best thing you can do because it's such a lonely and isolating illness. Being able to sort of break that mould is so important. But there is ways you can voice your concern. I know a lot of people, especially when they're young, they speak to that person's parents and that can create a divide of trust between you and the person. Or, for example, I'm trying to think, there's this celebrity that you guys might know of who she had a crisis team like killed on, uh, called on her and she completely disowned everyone who did that. But she was able to go and get help for a bit. Unfortunately, she's not doing very well now, which is really devastating, but for a while she was able to get help. So I think sometimes if you really love the person, you've just got to be able to get them the help even if it tears the friendship apart and I know that's absolutely horrible but this is just my opinion I would rather see them alive because I don't think people realize how serious an eating disorder is I feel like in the media it's a lot just like oh yeah it doesn't eat oh well life goes on but it's a battle between life and death and I feel like if it was me I would I would speak to them and do everything I could first. I would speak to professionals and be like, what should I do? And stuff like that. But I can understand how it can get to the point where someone calls a crisis team. Jerry has asked, can boys have eating disorders? Absolutely anyone in the world can have an eating disorder. It does not matter your race, your gender identity, your sexuality, anything like that, your appearance, your weight, anything. It's There's a lot of misconceptions as well that your weight is directly like correlated as to whether you're struggling with an eating disorder or not because you have to be skinny to have an eating disorder but there are so many other ones that aren't about starving yourself there's binge eating disorders there's bulimia you can have orthorexia you can be anorexic and be a healthy weight it's just depends but it doesn't make your struggles any less valid or any less important but yes, boys can have an eating disorder. I feel like it's not talked about enough in the industry. In the industry? What the fuck am I on about? In sort of the media and society. Because it's the whole thing of like men can't get it because they're strong and everything like that. But men can suffer with men's illness just as much as girls. Instagram, I 
will do everything I can to help and support you. And obviously I didn't go into what I was like when I was struggling because I didn't want like too much because I didn't want to encourage people to be like, oh, this is how to do it. And it's a really difficult topic to talk about because you want to say, these are signs to look out for. This is signs that someone is struggling. But then you don't want to be like, oh, so if I do this, this and this, that's how sort of I can get away with it. It's a very isolating, sneaky, lying, like, illness and it's horrible but you are not alone and I'm here for you and I'll see you next week for another episode this podcast was written and recorded by Alicia Smith it was produced and edited by George Wright